Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is April 23rd, 2020, Thursday. We are almost to another Friday, then into the weekend. Can you believe it? We're checking days off here little by little. We can do it, guys, just one day at a time. I know the quarantine is tough for everyone, but here we are every Monday through Friday for you guys just to ramble on and bring on some great guests, talk about anything under the sun. Uh, We are looking forward to our guest today, Jeff Levering, the Milwaukee Brewers radio broadcaster, will be with us. He'll talk about working with Bob Euchre. He'll talk about all of his stops in the different minor leagues as well. Talk about playing baseball in college down here in Southern California. We can't wait to get to that interview. A few housekeeping items first. You can always follow the Get Home Safe podcast in many ways. We have a Facebook page. We also have a Twitter account. The handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And you can email us at Get Home Safe podcast at yahoo.com we've received a few emails and text messages just regarding the show some people have requested to come on and we're gonna definitely make that happen we got a long list of guests already we are recording daily to put out those interviews for our shows monday to friday usually in the morning at some point so we are lined up well with guests we look forward to recording each and every one of them A brief thought I have this morning, fellas, is, you know, guys, you ever get accused of something by your lady and you take offense to what they're accusing you of? What I, what I was accused of recently was watching an episode of one of our favorite shows without her, my wonderful, beautiful, uh, lovely girlfriend, Valerie called me out and said, did you watch an episode without me? And I said, whoa, 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 hey, of all the things to accuse me of, that's just unacceptable. I would never cross that line. You know what I mean? I wouldn't want her to do that. And she calls me out for something so reprehensible. I just, oh, it it really got to me, fellas. And you know what? Uh, If we brought up that thing, if we said, hey, uh, did you watch an episode without me? Can you just imagine the pushback? So I'm not trying to call her out. Maybe I am a little. Valerie, I know you're listening. But uh, yeah, that one that one got to me. And, and I tried to stand my ground on that one. I said, I would never do that to you. How, uh, what kind of monster do you think I am? <laughs> so if you're watching shows with your significant other, I don't think it's a good practice to uh, to skip ahead or watch without them. If you're watching it together, you're doing it together. If you have your own show where you're not watching something together, uh, then hey, have at it. But yeah, there's something to be said about uh, loyalty. You know what I mean? Loyalty, consistency, integrity. So no, Valerie, I did not watch ahead. And I let you know that. And you did apologize. So thank you for that. I knocked her down a peg. So I want to, I want to give her a little praise now. You know, fellas, there's something to be said for a young lady who offers you that last piece of pizza. You know what I mean? I definitely don't need any more pizza in my life. However, <laughs> when when the, the girlfriend offers you that last slice, that's that's true love in my opinion. I mean, that's just, that's reaching deep down and, and saying I love you. You know what I mean? Fellas, we, we have very simple minds and, and that's definitely... Uh, 
where, where mine is sometimes something nice like that is is just uh, very welcomed. And yes, to all you guys laughing right now about me and and my uh, <laughs> definitely not needing more pizza in my life. Yes, it's true, but it's the thought that counts. So thank you, Valerie, very, very much. All right, enough of that relationship talk. Let's move into some baseball talk, some broadcasting talk. Let's go straight to Jeff Levering's interview because it was a real treat to chat with him. And I know you guys will really enjoy this a lot. So without further ado, here is Jeff Levering. Okay, we are joined today by a individual from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And it's a real special treat to have him on board with us as a rookie podcaster it's really a privilege to talk to a true professional in the broadcasting business. We are joined by Milwaukee Brewers radio play-by-play announcer, Mr. Jeff Levering. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hey, Matt. Long time no talk, my man. <laughs> For sure. Um, it, is, it is so fun to talk to you. And, and when I asked you to do this, I, was, uh, I was, had my fingers crossed that you would. And it's just an honor that you uh, were able to join us. Oh, it's, it's, the honor is all on my side, buddy. It's, it's just fun to <laughs> chat with you. I mean, we, we've spent a lot of time together. We spent a couple of seasons together in Rancho Cucamonga. You, the official scorer, and myself as the radio guy. So you got to know me when I was not very good, and you heard a lot of bad broadcasting uh, on my <laughs> end when, when I was young and up and coming in the industry. Oh, no, none of that is true. None of it is true. Uh, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Besides working for the Brewers, you also work on uh, FS1, Fox Sports 1, and also the Big Ten Network, right? Doing some basketball? Yep, exactly right. So I, I, I don't have a lot of time off, which is, which is a good thing. Um, and my family, especially with everything that's going on right now, uh, they're seeing me more than they ever have. And, and I'm seeing them, of course, more than I've ever seen them. So it's a blessing in disguise. And, and with the, the basketball load that I do, a handful of football games and, and then around 30 basketball games over the course of a winter, um, there aren't a lot of days off. So this is, again, a blessing in disguise and a, a little bit of, of normalcy for, for myself and for the family. Sure. Absolutely, man. It's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a lot of fun to see where you have, uh, gone and all that you have achieved. And yeah, we, we met up back in, uh, 2008. I was a college senior, just kind of looking to get involved in the sports industry and, and, uh, applied down at Rancho to see if I could do anything. And you, uh, you were gracious enough to bring me on board. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty much a shoe in Are you available to work? Do you want to be an official scorer? And, and uh, do you like free food? So, yeah, I mean, it was really easy, um, especially in my last year when we had Fleming Steakhouse as one of our food sponsors on Fridays. So those Whoa. were those were good days, man. <laughs> well, before we get into our days at Rancho, let's talk about you a little bit. You, you played baseball at Chapman University in Orange County down here uh, in the Southern California, and you were a member of the national championship team back in 2004. What can you tell me about your experiences at Chapman? Uh, it was an amazing experience. And, and for myself, who, um, who it did not, I mean, I wanted to play professionally, but I knew that it wasn't going to work out that way. Uh, but I, I knew that I was good enough to continue to play. Chapman was a great resource for that. 
Um, and I also was really attracted to their broadcasting department and uh, the broadcast journalism school and film school. Uh, so it was a, a natural fit for me to head down there. And uh, for somebody who grew up in Northern California and had spent some time in Southern California, just playing baseball tournaments and whatnot. Um, but I was the only person from my high school class to go down to Chapman. I didn't know anybody. And, um, and it was a big step for me to, to do that. And um, it worked out really well. I made a lot of great friends and, and still some friends that I'm in touch with now. And uh, some of my, my greatest friends that I have are from that, that baseball team um, from when I was there from 2002 through 2005. Went to the College World Series twice. Like you said, we won it my sophomore year and then uh, lost in the second or third round my, junior, uh, my senior year. So, um, and just to kind of poetically, the fact that we won a College World Series in the state of Wisconsin, uh, we celebrated on the field, which is now an affiliate of the Brewers in low class A in the Midwest League, uh, is fitting. And for my final at bat ever as a, as a collegiate player, we'll measly fly out to left, having taken place on that field too, and then having my big league career begin in the same state. Um, it, it's a nice little bookend to, to where my career has gone. I was going to bring that up, Jeff, just just the, the poetic justice, as you said, you don't you had no idea at the time you're playing in the College World Series uh, in the, the Appleton, like you said, and then to, to wind up making the big leagues like you have. And of all places, you're in the state of Wisconsin in Milwaukee. I mean, you couldn't have written a better script. No, you really couldn't have. And, and the opportunities, it just happened that way. I mean, there were other big league opportunities that uh, that I applied for that didn't work out. And, and thankfully, they didn't work out because I wouldn't have been ready for those situations when they came about. Um, but but life and, and things in your life happen for reasons. And mm-hmm. um, when I got the job in 2015, heading into that season, um, I had missed out on a job with the Brewers the year before. They were hiring for a, a part-time television broadcaster to fill in for Brian Anderson, who does all of his stuff with Turner and, and TBS and CBS for college basketball, NCAA tournament. Um, and he misses about 50 or 60 games a year. So I initially applied for that television job and uh, ended up being the runner-up. And then that season goes by 2014. I had a chance to get better on the radio side and, they decided to make a change on the radio end and have somebody be a number three guy and do the, the road games when Bob Euchre didn't travel. So I was able to, to jump into the, the shallow end and kind of wade in that for a little bit for a year uh, instead of diving in off the, the high dive and swan dive <laughs> into the deep end. So I, I was really fortunate for those opportunities and, and when they came about in my career and, and I'm thankful for that opportunity and, um, I had a chance to improve, a chance to get a year wiser and a year better, and, and it's all worked out perfectly. Jeff, you mentioned working with Bob Euchre, and that just has to be a real treat. I mean, he was a, he's a true professional. He's done it forever. He played in the big leagues. And for those who don't know, he was the voice Harry Doyle in the major league movies, but I'm sure everyone knows that. But, but Jeff, what can you tell me about working with Bob Euchre on a daily basis? Well, Matt, it's really surreal, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I knew Bob from, not, not personally, but I just knew him as Harry Doyle, and I always thought that he worked for the Indians. I never thought he worked for the Brewers. <laughs> I think a lot of people thought that, too. Um, so for me, working with him, uh, it's, it's a real treat because I get to learn from him each and every day and, um, the, and the way that he goes about calling a game and 
you know, his, his celebrity is so big and it crosses so many different stratospheres too, to where he's a celebrity within baseball. He's a celebrity within the acting community. He's a celebrity with talk show hosts. He's even hosted Saturday night live before he's hosted like battle of the network stars on ABC back in the late seventies and early eighties. I mean, he's a guy who crosses over every single form of entertainment and, and does it seamlessly. And he's the only guy who's ever done that. Um, it's a very intimidating process um, to meet him and be in his presence at times, but equally he makes you feel like you're just one of the guys and that's great. And, and he's never, he's never been an intimidating factor for me um, other than the, when I first met him and I had to walk in and shake his hand and, and try and get my, my jaw off the ground. Um, <laughs> But other than that, he, he's been great to me. He's like a grandfather figure for me. He's like a great grandfather for my kids. Um, and, and I've learned a, a whole heck of a lot about storytelling from Bob, um, the different layers that you can take uh, stories and how far you can dig and, and the lines that he consistently crosses. And he's the only guy that can get away with crossing some of those lines. Um, but I can sit back and go, well, I'd never get away with that. Bob sure can. Um, so there's, <laughs> there's a lot to, to learn from sitting next to a guy like that. And, and a lot of it is just learning how to shut up and, um, and let him do his thing and never try and outshine his star and, and just be along for the ride. Wow. That's uh, <laughs> it, it's so cool to hear, man. It just about it's Bob Euchre and you think about it and you're just like, oh, okay, that's cool. But no, you see him every single day, pretty much with, with baseball being how it is. And mm -hmm. do you remember one of the first things he said to you when you, when, when you met him or was it just, uh, did you just kind of bla black out? Uh, no, I, re I remember exactly what he said to me. So he was the last person I had to talk to before I got the job. He was my quote unquote last interview. Uh, and it was the day before Christmas Eve, 2014. And I, met him and his wife at dinner at Don and Charlie's down in Arizona in Scottsdale, which is now gone. Um, but I showed up 15 or 20 minutes before our reservation uh, because I wanted to be early and make sure I got there first. And he had been there for 25 minutes. So I go up to the, I go up to the concierge of the restaurant and I say, Hey, you know, what's, I'm here to have dinner with Bob Euchre. Oh yeah. Let me take you back to his table. Him and his wife are already here. I went, Oh my God, I'm late. This is awful. So I remember introducing myself. Hi, I'm Jeff. Oh, hey, Jeff. Good to see you. I said, I'm so sorry that I'm late. And he goes, oh, no, man, I messed up the times. It's good. I just screwed it up. It's good. Don't worry about it. So he had been there for a while and had a, a glass of wine and, and we just had a great time. Wow. <laughs> that I still I still can't believe when when I heard you got the job, Jeff, how happy I was that you got to the big leagues, but also that that you got to work with uh, Bob Euchre. It was just I mean, you're, you're living the dream. I know you know that. Uh, you're, a lot of us uh, supporters, like myself, are, are just so happy for you. And uh, you are a true professional uh, on and off the field, my friend. And it's, it's just so fun to hear those, those memories. So thank you for sharing those. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's a thousand of them and probably not enough time <laughs> to share them. But, I mean, it, it's great. I mean, I, I've lived a, a very blessed life, no doubt about it. And, and to think that I was – I mean, in the offseason going into 2010, after the 2009 season, the ownership changed in Rancho Cucamonga. And my, my job was, I thought, secure. And they told me that I was going to be coming back for 2010. I was looking for a job somewhere else in AA or AAA, wherever that was going to be. 
And if I got it, great. But if not, then I had somewhere to come back to. But they they basically hired somebody else without telling me. Um, and I had to find a job real fast. And if I don't get a job that that off season, who knows how my path would have gone? Um, mm-hmm. Who knows if I'm still doing play by play? Who knows if I'm still living in Southern California, or if I'm moving somewhere else, or if I'm even married to the to my wife now, or have two kids? Who knows? Life life takes you in different different directions, and and that was a big crossroads for me, and and because I got on that path is, is what's led me to this point. Interesting. Well, Jeff, what can you tell us about the path to the major leagues? Because you went to college, you, you, you studied in, in broadcasting, like you said, you got, you, you, I think you started out in uh, with Fox sports West or something like that, but you mm-hmm. eventually got the job with the quakes in, in the California league, high uh, advanced day baseball and then is it just like players and umpires and everything else? You work the way you work to double A, you work to triple A. Do some guys skip levels? What is it like? And what was it like for you? For me, I, I was like a player where I went from A ball to double A to triple A and then to the big leagues. I didn't skip steps. I, I just got into it a little bit higher than most people do. A lot of people start in short season A ball in the Northwest League or in the New York Penn League or the Appalachian League or something like that. Um, but, but I was able to get in and in the California league and stay in the state of California where I was born and raised and then went to school. And, um, like you said, worked at Fox for a couple of years. So that, that worked out well for me. Uh, I was very lucky in that circumstance to where I knew somebody, uh, who could get my foot in the door, so to speak, and Rancho to fill in for a couple of games in 2006 before their lead guy left. And I ended up taking the job in 2007. So it, everybody's path is different. Um, some people get into it in the minor leagues. Uh, the partner that I have when it's not Bob, um, was in college baseball and never called professional baseball before. And then he got to the big leagues. So there, his path was different. There are people that go from calling minor league baseball and then doing a, a call-in show or pre and post game show host. And they end up getting play by play jobs. Some people go from um, being a sports anchor on television in who knows Missoula, Montana, and then become become play by play guys. It, it just it just is different. Um, I have a friend of mine that went to Chapman that ended up becoming a sports reporter in in Oregon and then started working uh, for a an internet website and then now he's a an anchor on um, on MLB Today and the MLB Network and the NHL Network. So everybody's path is different, Matt and um, and, and you make your own luck, you make your own, um, your own path, you carve it out in the best way that you can. And uh, for me, like I said, I was, I was on the path and in, in, I've been in four different organizations now, um, was with a different organization all the way through. And it just, it just worked out that way. And I knew somebody at the next stop and, and it, and it worked out that way. Um, so I, I've been really, really lucky. And I've been a part of four amazing organizations. I haven't been a part of a bad one yet. That's fantastic. And what were your other minor league stops outside of Rancho Cucamonga? So Rancho 2007 through 2009. So three seasons there. And then I went to Springfield, Missouri in double A with the Springfield Cardinals in the Texas league was there for three years and then moved on to triple A with the Boston Red Sox in Pawtucket, Rhode Island for two years. Uh, And then this would have been my sixth year in Milwaukee. It's hard to believe that the longest place I've been is the big leagues, which is great. I'm glad we're playing some great roots here. Um, but it's the longest place that, uh, that I've lived and, and stayed since I was growing up and in high school. 
Yeah, and and uh, you don't miss any of those uh, bus rides in the Texas League, do you? <laughs> I grew up a lot on those bus rides, um, <laughs> and I have a lot of fond memories from those bus rides. And I and sometimes I sit back and I miss that that part of it because I had a great time in the minor leagues. It was simpler. It was easier. You were out there having fun every day. And granted, hey, being in the big leagues is a lot of fun, and there's a lot of great perks with it too. Um, but it's very, very professional, and the egos are are big at times. Um, and when you're in the minor leagues, everybody's in the same boat, and you've got the same oar, and you're just plugging away. Um, I do miss. I don't miss 16 hour bus rides from Springfield <laughs> down to Corpus Christi, Texas. I don't miss mm-hmm. that. Um, but, but I do miss some of, some of the beauty that was the minor leagues. Absolutely. There's something special about the minor leagues. Everyone in it is, is trying to achieve uh, the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different elements of players, umpires, broadcasters, everyone's trying to uh, get to the next level. And it's a grind minor league baseball, any, any professional baseball is a grind. And, and I'm sure it's tough for, for broadcasters, just like it is for, for players, umpires and coaches. Yeah, it is. And, and you, I, you make a great point because having lived the life yourself as an umpire, I, I give you guys more credit than anything because you're two man crews until you get up to triple a for the most part. And then you become a three man crew. But if, if you're in a two man crew in the Texas league, you're not flying from city to city. You, you guys are driving your, your rental van or whatever the car is that you guys get from the umpiring society. And it's, you guys are going back and forth and trading off driving. And sometimes you got to get to a ballpark and, and work that night after driving all night long. And, and you got to perform and you have to, everybody's relying on you and you guys get ridden harder than anybody else does. And that's it's a thankless <laughs> job. It's a thankless job. And, and getting to know some of the umpires moving through and, and even in the college basketball ranks, talking to those guys before games and, and developing relationships with, with the officials, it, it, again, it is a thankless job. And, and, what, and what you guys try to achieve, not a lot of people do. And it's a hard route. It's harder for umpires to make it than it is for broadcasters to make it. It's easier for players to make it because there's more jobs for players. It's just, it's a really tough job. And I, I give officials more credit than, than they have received in the past because, again, I know how that, how that ride goes. And, and it's not easy. Well, let's talk about that for a second, Jeff. Uh, that was kind of on my notes here is, is the broadcaster and, and officials or umpires relationship because you, you see all the time. Uh, it seems like the media is pretty hard on uh, referees and umpires. And, and part of it, yes, it is their job to report what is going on. So what is it like as a broadcaster? There are times where you have to say, hey, there's a bad call. But but some guys do it uh, better than others. You know what I mean? Like some guys are just – they just want to bash umpires and officials all the time. You don't strike me as that guy. But what is your relationship as far as – or I guess your understanding or, or kind of the way you carry yourself when you're commenting on officials? So as a broadcaster, you have to know the rule book, right? Like I have to know mm-hmm. the rules. I have to anticipate what's happening in order to articulate it. Um, and, if, and if I get lost in a rule, then, then I'm going to sound like I'm not informed. So it's really important for me to, to know the rules first and foremost. It's great. And, and again, in the minor leagues, you had access to these umpires. So gro- going through the systems and talking with these umpires and making sure that they were being taken care of and, and getting them meals after games or talking to them before games, whatever it was, 
you know, you have that access in the big leagues. You, nobody has access to the, to the major league umpires. So you don't have relationships with those guys unless you see them out and about. Um, for me, when I first started, because I was so fresh getting out of playing, I feel like I was harder on strike zones at that point. And we didn't have, we didn't have replays. We didn't have monitors to look at things. I'm just going by my naked eye. My vision was not very good from that vantage point. Like I would have been, had I been catching or, or in the batter's box. I, th- I think I've been, and nobody wants to hear a broadcaster bitch and moan about umpiring either. And especially, <laughs> especially in today's day and age, when you have the technology and with the replays and getting it right or getting it wrong. And, you know, that that's where, where I get uber critical of, of umpiring is more about the replay. And if you look at a shot and it looks like it's definitive, but then there's another angle where it's not definitive and maybe it, maybe there is a shot that says, okay, this guy's out or this guy's safe. And there's an umpire that's back in New York and they still haven't perfected the science where some umpires are just not going to overturn their, their brethren. They're just not going to do it. And nobody tells us who the umpire is in New York. So we can't say anything. Well, this is CB Buckner or this is Angel Hernandez or whoever it is. Nope. You, you don't know who that is. So I, I get a little bit overcritical at that point. I don't, for me, I, I don't really mess around with balls and strikes. You can either say it's outside or, ooh, that was close or something like that. You could, you could do that in a really a, a really sensitive way. But, but getting on an umpire as a broadcaster, it just makes you look bad. And it makes you, makes you sound like you have sour grapes. And nobody wants to hear that. Just call the game. This is what you're seeing. Uh, you're the mind's eye. You can describe things the way that you see them. If you're looking at a replay, oh, this replay looks like this. Oh, this looks like this. Um, safer out call first base. Maybe the spike hits the base, the a, a frame ahead of the glove, the, the ball hits the glove. You can describe all those different things. And, well, it's too close. There wasn't that definitive look, and they, they called it safe. It's not our job. It's our job to be entertained. It's not mm-hmm. our job to wear people out. Oh, well, I couldn't agree more. And it's refreshing to hear that from a broadcaster because it seems like some guys don't necessarily have that same outlook, Jeff. Yeah. And uh, it, it, is, it is nice to hear. And, and look, it, it, it's baseball. Guys make mistakes. There's times when, when guys get, are going to get yelled at. It's not like I – think, I think we're chasing this perfect game for, for some, some reason. Yeah. And you and I both know it's, it's such an imperfect game. You know, I, I don't – I understand technologies there. I don't like the idea of a computerized strike zone. I know some people are really in favor of it. Uh, and, and, yeah, there, there are bad calls that are made. I, I, I'm the first to raise my hand. I've made, I've made plenty sure. of them. But I, I just I – just, uh, you know, replays here, it's not going away. Right. When it came in, I was like, well, be careful what you wish for. But now we're going towards this electronic strike zone maybe yeah. – I mean, what are your thoughts on a strike zone? I, I'll, I'll tell you two things. First first is my dad is a high school umpire. He's done some college games. And Chris, mm-hmm. Chris Gonzalez, who's your former umpire and partner, who I went to high school with, are, are, of course, my dad's like my best friend. And Chris will occasionally tune in. And, and if I have a rules question, I'll ask, I'll ask Chris, too. So I have two really good references. And my dad listens mm-hmm. to every game. I'm like, Dad, you need to get a life, man. I don't know why you're listening to every game. <laughs> He'll, he'll tell me, hey, you were a little harsh on that umpire there. And I'll go, yeah, you're probably right. So I have, I have those guys in my back pocket. 
uh, which is great. And they're great reference points. The second one, you mentioned the strike zone. And Bob and I talk about this. It's another beauty of working with Bob is that because he's so old school, I mean, he's 86 years old, right? So he's lived through through World War II and the Korean War and Vietnam. And I, I kid around that he was around for the first pandemic in 1918, which he wasn't, but he's close. <laughs> so having Bob sitting next to me, and I feel this way too in my in my heart of hearts. I, I don't like the the idea of the, the automated strike zone because one of the beauties of baseball is making adjustments. And that that's yeah. an adjustment to, to a strike zone, whether you're a catcher and, and you're trying to get a pitch for your pitcher, or if you're a hitter and you know this umpire is going to call the high ball but not going to call the low ball. It's making an adjustment on that specific day, pitch to pitch, at bat to at bat. Uh, pitchers make adjustments to strike zones. They make adjustments to hitters. That's what makes this game so beautiful is that you don't know and you have to make that adjustment. And if you don't make that adjustment, you're going to get out or you're going to get lit up as a pitcher. So for me, if you take the judgment out of a strike zone, I think you're taking what makes this game great and making that adjustment. And, and, and I will, as long as, there are umpires deciding what's a strike and what's a ball. I'm, I'm an all, all about it. I'm all about it. That's again, refreshing to hear. Uh, you look at you, you, you see a, a 162 games a year. I'm sure there's plenty of pitches you, you disagree on. Hopefully the, the misses that they do make are not egregious misses. Yeah. We're talking a matter of inches and, you know, we'll talk about, yeah, you bring up Chris Gonzalez, my old, California League uh, partner. We came up in the minor leagues together. He stayed in a lot longer than I did. He got to AAA. He's now working college baseball. He and I still talk a lot. I remember, Jeff, when it, it just, the light bulb went off that I was talking about you, I think, one day in one of our car rides uh, uh, with Chris and during during a game or something. And, and, and Jeff, he said, do you mean Levering, Jeff Levering? And I went, yeah. And then the, I connected the dots and went, wait, Jeff's from Sacramento. Chris is from Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And then to find out you two guys went to high school together, mm-hmm. it, is a, it is one of a million stories that shows you how small the baseball world is. Oh, it's incredible how small the baseball world is. I mean, I, I talked about, you know, the, the Chris Gonzalez, um, the Chris Gonzalez connection with you and I and – you know, play people that I played against or played with uh, that have moved on through the minor leagues or into the big leagues. Like I, I was a teammate of Dustin Pedroia's moving through. So I was there when he made his major league debut in Anaheim. I was working for the angels at the time and I saw his parents in the crowd and got him tapes from every one of his at bats and from his first big league hit. Like though, how small the world is to see those people succeed. Or I knew somebody who I worked with in Pawtucket, Rhode Island on our ticket side. I moved to Milwaukee and that person's sister works in our video department. Like what, what are the chances that somebody from Pawtucket, Rhode Island moves to Milwaukee or vice versa, or somebody that I worked with in Springfield ends up moving down to Florida and you see them in spring training when I'm working for the Red Sox or somebody I see in Arizona that I hadn't seen since I was in middle school. Like those things, those things happen all the time and the baseball community is so tight knit and you just don't forget those connections because it's so great. A common conversation on this podcast with other people, uh, other coaches, umpires, just everyone has been, you know, always carry yourself a certain way because you never know 
who is watching. You never know who you meet, where down the road you will then see them again, uh, as you just mentioned. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just so, so incredible to hear. And, and your story is, is really fun to talk about. I'm really privileged that, that, uh, that we've gotten to, to speak about it, Jeff. It's uh, baseball. The baseball world is, uh, is alive and well, even though we're not playing baseball right now, which is a little frustrating. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, the, again, the connections, and you never know who you're talking to. When I was first coming up, you know, when you got to hear me when I was trying to do impressions and being really stupid on the air because nobody can hear me on a radio station, um, you know, I, one, of the, one of the guys that, that I developed a really good relationship was, uh, with was Chris Pettit. So he played at LMU, Southern California guy. Um, he was on the Quakes in 2007, uh, and we've maintained touch. He goes through, we go, to, we go up to AA, and he's in uh, Arkansas with the Travelers and the Angels organization. Then he goes to the Dodgers, and he's playing against the Brewers, or he's playing against the, the Cardinals, who I'm working with. Um, and his dad used to like listening to me on the air when I was terrible, which was great. So we've played golf in the past and we've stayed in touch. And, and Chris ends up reaching out a couple of days ago. He's part of this former athletes uh, group that gets together that are now in the business world. And he asked me to guest speak earlier this week. And so he reaches out. We've stayed in touch. We've gone and have lunch when we're in Southern California and whatnot, when the Brewers are in town. So I'm on this, this uh, Zoom conference call like everybody's doing these days. And I see one of my neighbors from college who lived like two doors down from me. He's part of this call. One of my former teammates is part of this call. Uh, a guy that I had class with in college is part of this call. Um, somebody that I played against in a high school tournament when I was 15 years old. And he remembered me and facing one of my teammates, JP Howell was on this call. So like just so randomly that I get connected through Chris Pettit through one of these things. And then I see all my, a couple of college buddies and a couple of people just paths cross in the craziest different ways in this sport. Yes. And you bring up Chris Predit. I've never met him, but I do know people I know have talked about him and how good of a high school player he was. I think he went to, was it San Dimas? Maybe I, I, I'm not sure, but he's from yeah, that area. And I grew up in, right? And I grew up in Glendora, and that's like uh, three or five mile, like miles away. It's the neighboring town, so uh, <laughs> the connections are just are just crazy sometimes, and it, it's really fun to. That's been the most fun for me doing this, Jeff, is being able to reach out to people I haven't talked to mm -hmm. in a while. A lot of people, are, I'm sure, doing that during the the pandemic and the quarantine, and it's just an opportunity to share some stories, uh, talk about anything under the sun. And, and it, it has been a, a blessing really to, to reach out and to have some fun conversations. Yeah. I think that's one of the big benefits of this and it, yeah, it sucks. It's unfortunate for everybody. And, and sometimes you just have to embrace the suckiness of it. Um, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm seeing my family more, my wife and I have an opportunity to connect on a, on a deeper level, which is great. Um, she doesn't have to parent two kids under the age of five by herself um, when she's used to doing that in the spring and summer months. But it, it's forcing everybody to connect more because you can't. Um, you can't go across the street and go say hi to your neighbors. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen my parents since Thanksgiving. Uh, they haven't seen their grandkids other than on a FaceTime call. Um, they were supposed to come out for opening day, and it, it's unfortunate they couldn't do that. Um, but we're having more Zoom happy hours. I'll tell you, our alcohol consumption has gone way up during it's, it's a blessing and a curse, but... 
I mean, but at the, at the same time, you're connecting with people that, that you wouldn't have thought. My wife is, has two really good friends that she's been friends with since her freshman year of high school. And they, they fall out of touch sometimes. There's an occasional text every now and again. But now they're, they're getting on these combo FaceTimes and, and they're doing it once a week and, and sitting down and talking for an hour. Um, I had a, a Zoom chat with my whole levering side of the family to celebrate a, a cousin's birthday. And we've never done that. I bet you it's been 10 years since all of us have been quote unquote in the same room now on the same computer screen or iPad screen or whatever, but it takes something like this to, to bring the connections. And if, if, and if it's going to, if this is what it takes to, to bring humanity back and, and get people to talk to one another again and, and rekindle relationships, then maybe this is the best thing that's happened in a while. Yeah, there's a silver lining yeah. for sure. You know, glass is half full if we, depending on how you look at it. And I think your your perspective, your outlook on things really determines, uh, you know, your attitude and just everything that's going on. I, I do know, Jeff, that <laughs> you and your wife have been very active on social oh. media. Uh, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff's on Twitter, Jeff Levering yeah. on Twitter. He's on uh, Instagram. And I tell you, every single day, you're a professional guy, but you have a real goofy side, I'll say, because you and you and Ashley have put out some really wacky videos. And, and I don't know. How are you guys coming well, up? That's with a great stuff? idea. I have no idea how we're doing it. Um, I, and I think the, the first part of it, Ashley and I had this conversation. I think it was the second day that we got home right around St. Patrick's Day. I think we've been doing this for a month now. And I think we've only missed one or two days. But it, it's it's a way. Again, it's a way for us to connect and have some fun and force us to talk and Granted, there, there are some days where I just want to lay down on the couch and take a nap, and this is not allowing me to do that, but that's okay. We're having fun doing it, <laughs> and if we weren't having fun doing it, we wouldn't. But it, it initially started, Matt, with a, a conversation about – and it, it goes back to, hey, listen, we got the time. We might as well do some spring cleaning or, or see what we can get rid of. And she said, what's the oldest thing that you have in the closet or in one of your drawers – and for me, it was the tuxedo that I wore to my junior prom. And I wore that tux. That's the only tuxedo I've ever owned in my life. And I said, well, I'm curious if it, if it still fits or how it looks. And we'll give that a shot. <laughs> and Ashley goes, well, I have a dress that I wore to my homecoming my sophomore junior year of high school. And we'll see how that works. So the first picture we took was in my tuxedo. And Ashley was in her, in her dress. And it was kind of like, should we keep it or get rid of it? And I mean, I hung on to mine because it still fit somehow, uh, which is great, <laughs> which is really good. Hers fit uh, for the most part. Uh, I don't know when she would ever wear it. I think she was holding on to it to see if our daughter was going to wear it in like 15 years. And I went, babe, that, that's gonna be, that, that garment is going to be 40 years old at that point. You're not going to want that thing around. It's going to have so many mothballs. But that's kind of where it, that's where it began and, and – we moved on to we were just doing pictures and photo shoots and having having fun that way. And then we graduated into doing videos and then we did the dance routine, which got a lot of legs and had some fun and and got picked up a little bit on some some news outlets. And we thought that we were going to be done after a couple of weeks. And then people started to pay more attention and look forward to these things and bring smiles to people's faces, which was the point. So. As long as people are still having fun with it and, and it's being well-received, then we'll keep doing it. Jeff, I'm impressed by a few things. Number one, that you fit in something from your sophomore <laughs> year. Because for me, there's, there's, there's no chance 
uh, I, I'm fitting in anything from, from my high school, unfortunately. Uh, and the other thing is I'm very impressed with some of your dance moves, oh. man. Uh, you, <laughs> you, you really, you're all hard yeah, out I there. Tried. I tried. It was all choreographed by my wife. A lot of people are doing these TikTok things and they have them choreographed for them and you just have to follow along with the moves. This was, this was all <laughs> us. We, we would sync the music onto the phone and push and play and all. I mean, there was a lot of technical stuff that went into this. Wow. That is, yeah. <laughs> oh, it, you know, I, I think it's some of your best work, really, even, even, uh, you know, uh, even your big, big league work and other work you've done with the uh, Fox sports oh. one. And I mean, it, it's, uh, it's I really great. That, I put that dance video <laughs> ahead of game seven of the NLCS in 18. I, I guarantee you that there's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> As you should. Well, John, I mean, Guys, you got to check it out. Uh, find Jeff on, on Instagram or, or Twitter. Uh, you know, can't miss it. Jeff Levering. Some great videos that will hopefully give you a chuckle. Uh, Jeff, I want to thank you for one thing. I, I've said it before, but I just want to let everyone know the type of guy you are. I was working for the Quakes in 2008. Jeff was a radio guy. Uh, he was very gracious with time where – with with me and my time uh, leaving to leaving to go do things. I had just graduated from college. Uh, I, I said I had an opportunity to go to the College World Series to watch. He said, dude, you got to go. So he gave me some time off for that. Unfortunately, that same summer, my mom passed away. And uh, Jeff holds a special place in my heart, not just for me, but for my father, Dave, because that summer uh, – we're dealing with this and, and I didn't know what to, no one knows how to carry themselves or what to do. So I, I started going back to, to work at the Quakes games just because it, it felt like uh, being productive and doing something. Well, I felt so much for my dad. My dad was going through a rough time. Jeff, without hesitation, uh, said, hey, bring your dad along uh, to, to the press box. And if he wants to sit and watch baseball, bring, bring him in. So it wasn't a lot of games, but it was something where my dad came to games. He sat in the back row of the press box as you're doing your broadcast. I'm doing my work. And we just watched baseball. And, uh, you know, we got him some food and some drinks. And I think he brought a friend one time, too. But, Jeff, you were so gracious in inviting him in a very difficult situation. And, and I can honestly say that you really helped us that summer uh, get through a very difficult time. So, uh, thank. You. I will always be grateful. Well, to you, that's, my it's very kind of you to say, and it, it's. I have not experienced that type of loss in my life. Uh, I've been very fortunate in that, but I have plenty of friends, yourself included, who have. And um, the the thing that that I have learned is is that you got to be there for people, and um, it's 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 a really easy thing to do, and not a lot of people do it, and. Um, to know that, that I helped you guys through that in some small way, um, that, that, that makes me really happy. And that's what friends do. Friends are there. They're, they're there to look out for other people. And um, just, as, just as long as you guys were able to, to enjoy some time, and you guys probably bonded over that summer at the baseball field. That's what fathers and sons do. It probably brought you guys yeah. closer. And if I had some small part in that and just allowing – Hey man, it's not like I allowed it. I just said, "Hey, here, let me print off this piece of paper and bring your dad to the ballpark. He can have some of the free food." And yeah, it's a really for sure. easy thing to do, man. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very kind thing for for you to say, and and you know, you guys are always always welcome wherever we are, and and you guys hold a special place in my heart too. Well, thank you, Jeff, and uh, you know, every time we we text each other here and there, you, you always 
without fail say, hey, tell your dad hi or hey, how's your dad doing? You're just very gracious that way. I think you remember that that year vividly. And and my dad, same time, I'll bring him, I'll bring you up to him. And he's always like, oh man, he was Jeff was so wonderful. So uh, we're big fans. You know, there may there may not be many fans of uh, of umpires or broadcasters, but you definitely have a a few down here in Southern California. But I know you're a popular guy, and you have a lot of fans out there, Jeff. And uh, you know, I'm sure you have a a video or something you got to get to with your, your <laughs> wife and kids. Uh, today. So I don't want to take up too much of your time. Uh, is there anything planned? Uh, for yeah, today? actually in the, I got to edit something. We're, we're having some fun with um, voicing over a scene from a movie, but we're, we're changing the, the, the verbiage of what's being said. So I'm, we, we came up with the script and uh, we had a little fun with just a little snippet from a famous movie and maybe we'll graduate to a bigger scene and make some fun. And again, we're just trying not to climb up the walls with our fingernails and trying, trying to keep <laughs> ourselves busy. So no, man, it's all good. It's a pleasure catching up with you and we, we should do it more often. So uh, congrats on, on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. And everything that's going on, Matt. Thanks, Jeff. I really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to talking to you again soon, but I'm really looking forward to, to seeing that voiceover work uh, that you're going to do with the, the family. It, it's been a joy seeing everything, and, and the kids are growing so fast. And just my, my, best, to, my best to Ashley, my birthday buddy. Her and I That's share right. a birthday. That's right, you do. January 5th. Yeah. Every year I, I, I think of you and, and, and her and, and the family at that time too. So uh, Jeff, it was an absolute pleasure, man. Uh, give my best to everyone and we'll Likewise, talk to you soon. Make sure you tell your dad I said hi. Of course. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. Thank you again to Jeff Levering for joining us today. He's a true professional on and off the field, a very good friend, a professional person, and just I, I can't thank him enough for joining us today. Tomorrow, Friday, we have Joe Stegner on the program. He is a former AAA baseball umpire. He currently works college baseball. He also drives Uber up in the Boise, Idaho area. He's a former college basketball coach. So we have a lot to talk about with Joe. I promise you uh, there'll be a few laughs from some of his statements, his outlook on life. He's a little quirky, a very unique personality. So looking forward to that. As always, guys, the best place to listen to the Get Home Safe podcast is the Anchor app. There's many other platforms and other options for you, but Anchor is the best way to listen with our music that we put in and all the little sound effects and such. It's the uh, the best place, but anywhere you listen is greatly appreciated. Our listenership is continuing to grow. We've surpassed 700 plays. I'm really excited about hitting that 1,000 mark here in the near future. Thanks to all who have forwarded on Facebook, the the various episodes, the the Twitter, uh, retweeting all of our episodes. It's so greatly appreciated, and I'm really excited about the, hopefully a little snowball effect here where things will start rolling downhill and and, and, and spread to throughout the uh, social media verse, if you will. So thanks again. You can follow us on Twitter at Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook page is Get Home Safe Podcast, and our email address, Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. Feel free to write in at any time, and, and we look forward to hearing from you. It is just a humbling experience to talk with someone like Jeff, and just, you know, the relationships you come across 
whether it's your baseball career, whether it's just your, your, your friends from high school, whether it's other colleagues that you, you've just, you know, life is about relationships and, and the various people you come across. Baseball has been very good to me as far as people I've met in various walks of life, maybe in the umpiring world, maybe working in a press box. Uh, just you, you never know whose paths you're going to cross and the, where a friendship will blossom and, and take shape. So today, today's guest, Jeff, was a classic example of that. Just me as a, a senior in college looking for an internship and uh, stumbled into Rancho Cucamonga and was able to, to work some games there by his side and then look later down the road uh, after staying in touch to see him reach the big leagues is just just a tremendous story and, and so fun to be a small part of. So it's just it's uh, it's truly humbling and uh, you know I, I'm preaching to the choir I'm sure just about friendships especially during this time with the quarantine and all and, and reaching out to people and it's just been a real real pleasure to to talk to everyone and uh, record some some fun conversations, and I look forward to many, many more. That'll wrap up our show for today. Tomorrow is Friday, and we can't wait to talk to Joe Stegner. Look forward to uh, you tuning in. As always, we're going to promote the show the night before with a picture on social media, Twitter, and Facebook about our upcoming guest, just to put a voice with a face or a face with a voice in any order there. But uh, yeah, so keep your eye out for that. Uh, thanks again for the support. We look forward to one more episode this week before we take a break and get home safe for the weekend. So thanks again for tuning in. Whatever you're doing, guys, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. <laughs>